Greetings, brethren. This being a new year and the uh, civil new year, not God's new year. We know God's new year starts in the spring. They seem to be the, the uh, um, tradition is to make New Year's resolutions, you know, which they quickly break, <laughs> especially if you're trying to lose weight or any of those other uh, resolutions that sometimes don't work out. But as Christians, as God's children, as the ones that God has called in this life, we need to resolve, make daily resolutions to continue in the faith. Paul had it this way in Corinthians, the first chapter, and beginning in verse 18. He says, and he is the head of the body. And thank God. Uh, Curtis for his message. Um, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. That's our Savior, Jesus Christ. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his, of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him I say whether they be things on earth, or things in the heavens. And you, that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in his body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. He says, and the, uh, Lawrence always points out those words, if. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved from the hope of the good news, the gospel, which you have heard and which is preached to you, every creature which is under heaven, wherefore I, Paul, am made a minister. And imagine how many times those words have been read down since Paul wrote those words over and over again in the churches, in the Christian churches throughout the whole world, Paul's words, if you continue in the faith, resolve to continue in the faith and not give up. It's very important, brother. The second thing to resolve is to stay malleable, to stay workable. In Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, God uses a very interesting example, and I really like this example that he, that he uses. He tells Jeremiah, let's go to the potter. Go down to the potter. Let's see what the potter's doing. The Lord, which came to Jeremiah from the uh, the word which came to, to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel. And everybody's probably very familiar what it is to throw the, the clay on the wheel, have it spinning around, and have that, um, uh, that work being done on, on the potter's wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again. He squashed it down and he made it again. 
He started over. As it seemed good to the potter to make it. And then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel, and O children of God. We need to stay malleable so that God can work with us. So that he is able to, if he needs to, squish us down <laughs> and uh, make us into a more beautiful piece of pottery. And I gave a message one time years, years and years ago that when it's fired up and you add the glazing and stuff, it becomes a very hardened finished piece and that's the kingdom of God that's not now we need to be able to be molded and fashioned we don't need to be hardened the Bible talks about the being hardened through the deceitfulness of sin and if you become hardened you are no longer able to be used in Malibu I won't turn there because it's such a you know such a small scripture but in first Thessalonians uh, 5 verse 19 it says quench not the spirit and for anyone that's familiar with the blacksmith and blacksmithing they, they take a piece of iron that is very immalleable and they put it under the heat and they get it cherry red and after they get it cherry red they can take it and they can put it on the anvil and what can they do with it they can fashion it they can make it into whatever they have a desire to make it into. But if they quench it, it becomes hardened. It gets hard. You see, quenching is the end result. You quench to finalize it. Or you quench it so that you can work with it again. But it's, the, it's that final thing. We don't want to be we don't want to quench the spirit at all in our life. We don't want to become hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. We want, us to, we want that spirit to be on fire in our life. We want to be malleable. We want to be able for God to work with us and to take care of us and work, work in our life. And so we want to stay workable and malleable before God. The third thing that we want to resolve is we want to resolve to be renewing that relationship with God on a day-by-day -day basis. We need to have that renewal in our life on a day-by-day -day basis. In 2 Corinthians, Paul, Paul looks at it this way, and he gives us this instruction. It's beautiful words that Paul has given us and strengthens us in these words. In beginning in verse 13 in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound or abound to the glory of God for which we faint not, but through our outward, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. 
Sometimes trials and tribulations come upon us. And we need to allow that spirit to renew us on a day-by-day basis, to strengthen us, to give us that extra strength that we need in our life, to be renewed day by day, and that new man, that inward man, to be renewed. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, we see in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and beginning verse 17, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you hereafter walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness, to work of of all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation. It says conversation in the the King James, but it really means the, the conduct, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's where God is working anyway. He's working in that, between that, in that new man that's in that spirit, uh, that new creation that's going on in your mind, in your, in your heart, that is working with you and being renewed. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Isn't that wonderful? He is working with us, taking care of us, working, working in us. When, when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, the God, the Father, and Jesus Christ come and dwell in us, and they begin to work with us, they begin to, to, to teach us and, and guide us and lead us. And as, and as, and as Curtis says, we, we have, all of us have a ministry. We always have, all have us an outreach we can, we can do. We, it might just be, Greeting and being friendly and being open in the church and giving of ourselves in that way or visiting or doing whatever it is that God has called us to do. It doesn't have to be uh, up here. It can be. It's wonderful to have the music. I love it. I love the ability for, for those that, that have the musical talent, which I don't have. <laughs> I wish I did, but I don't. To, to come and to sing and to, to worship God in the way that they do. It's so wonderful to, to, to hear that, to, to uplift that music to God because that's what it's all about in the church is uplifting that to God. And that you put on the new man which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He says, wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Because sometimes that happens if we allow that to go on. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your, out of your mouth. You know, unwholesome words. Uh, 
Seems like you can't get away from it today, doesn't it? Uh, whether you watch a movie or you watch uh, the news or whatever, or you work around uh, oil field workers, uh, <laughs> as I do, it's hard to get away from the corrupt communication because it, it's just prevalent in this society today. But God says we, 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 knew, we need something different. We need to be different. We need to have a, a different spirit about us. And so we need that, that kind of change. And I know when I was a teenager, and I had to repent of it, because uh, I did have kind of a, a bad mouth. And I, 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 re, I repented. When God called me, I, I repented of that. And I have tried to keep in my own family so that the, the conversation never goes to corrupt communication, corrupt conversation. But that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. That's what's very, very important. That we minister grace to the hearers. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. If you have that Holy Spirit dwelling in you, understand that that is a very important part of your life. And you need to nourish it and keep it on fire, malleable, so that God can work with you. He said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be you kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. In Colossians, the third chapter, Colossians 3, Paul has some wonderful words that he gives us to understand our relationship to God the Father and Jesus Christ. Beginning in verse 1, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. We have such a wonderful, blessed thing that we understand that Christ is there at the right hand of the Father, and He is our advocate. He is there to, to, to defend us, to, to bring good news about our life to, to God the Father. Set your affection on, high, on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead in your and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. It's interesting that Paul adds the spiritual to the physical. Because the physical has a lot to do with separating us from the spiritual, doesn't it? If we're steeped in sin, if we're steeped in sinful things that we do, we become separated from God. We become, become separated from his love and his, his relationship because we're sinning. And Paul helps us to understand that those are the things that we need to put off in our life. We need to get rid of. We don't need them in our life. Mortify therefore your members which are upon their fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things, for which things sake the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. 
We don't want to be a part of that. We want to be the children that come into the kingdom. In which you also walked sometime when you lived in them, but now you also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed uh, in knowledge after the image of him that created him. It's interesting that we are created in the image of God. We are a very special creation, and God loves us, and he wants us to be his children in his family. He has a very special place for us. All that he calls will have a position and a job and a responsibility. Where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be you thankful. Be you thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and grace in your hearts to the Lord. We've had the spiritual songs. We've sung the songs. We've raised our voices to God and we've praised Him through song and through psalms. And we have now the instruction that helps us to understand how we can have a better relationship with God. And whatsoever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. All that we do, as His children, giving thanks. In Titus, the third chapter, and I may have this out of, because I decided to put this one before the last one, so I don't know if... Uh, um, he has uh, it in that order. But I'd like to go to Titus, the third chapter, and beginning in verse 1. Be, uh, let's see, Titus, uh, no, um, I'm sorry, beginning in verse 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. It's a continual process. That's what the washing is. You, know, you, you wash your hands. You, you put them under water and you wash. Well, it's a continual process that, that, that's going in. The, the Spirit of God flows into us and, and, and guides us, leads, you, leads us, which He shed on us abundantly through Christ Jesus our Lord and our Savior. The importance of understanding the work that Jesus is doing right now for each individual that's being called in this world is a very important, important part of, of what we teach and what we should understand. In Romans, the 12th chapter, Paul once again, tremendous instruction that he gives in the book of Romans. 
And I'd like to read um, all, all of, of chapter 12 because I think it's very important to understand and be resolved to be renewed in our life on a daily basis. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. We're to sacrifice our life for Jesus Christ, for God the Father, and, and, and to give our lives over to him. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Boy, it's so important for each of us to understand. You know, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He's the head of the body. We, <laughs> sometimes we're very poor servants. Uh, um, we see the power of God in, in, the, in the creation, and we realize that we are but mere men. And he's given us a great responsibility on this earth to reach out to others, to preach the, the gospel message to, to the best that we can. They be transformed by the renewing of your mind and you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me that every man ought, uh, that is among you not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy, according to the pro uh, proposition of faith, or ministry, let us wait on ministry, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorts on exhortation, he that gives, let him, uh, let him do it with uh, simplicity, he that rules with diligence, he that shows mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cling to that which is good, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Boy, Paul just heaps it on us, doesn't he? He, he was, I, 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 um, the, the uh, DVD that we saw not too long ago, it was very interesting, especially when he read to a scribe the words that are written, and the scribe read it back. Those were words that were, were preached, and the scribe wrote it down as Paul preached it. So when we read Paul, we're really actually reading his powerful preaching. I know sometimes you wish I could just have a little bit of that powerful preaching that Paul had, the ability to really reach out, to reach out to those who need the Spirit of God deeply within inside their life. Verse 12 here. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, 
distributing to the necessity of the saints given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Bless, <clears throat> Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of men. If it be possible, as much as what lies in you, live peaceably with all men. I think that's very important. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to, uh, give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Someday, someday God will bring his wrath upon the earth. And I hope, I hope that there will be very few. And I know it might not be that, that God may have to, to destroy a lot of people to bring about the peace that needs to come to this earth. But it's God's vengeance upon those, and he will understand that wrath, and he will know um, who he's pouring it out upon. Therefore, if your enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And sometimes also helping others also brings to them, not necessarily enemies, but those that you meet, that you can reach out to and help them if they're in need. Sometimes they call out and they're crying and they need help and they're, they're in, in pain or they're uh, destitute or they don't have a place to stay. The world is full of this today. I mean, you, you don't realize it until you get to, to have the pastoralship and then people start calling you and they're, and they're crying because they don't have a place to stay or they're being evicted from their house or they, or they need food. All of those things come about because we live in a society sometimes that it neglects others. And yet we have services in this city, but yet sometimes those services miss. They don't all fill the needs of everyone. And so they reach out sometimes uh, to churches and pastors and different uh, people and, and, and beg and ask and, and just you know, really have a hard time. Some of them are sincere. Some of them are very sincere. Others, maybe not so sincere. You don't know. All you can do is touch their lives a little bit. In Romans, the eighth chapter, there are a few verses here I'd like to read because this is one of the most beautiful chapters. And if you really want to be renewed in the Spirit, strengthened in your, in your resolve in, in, this, in this year, read Romans, the eighth chapter, on a regular basis. Go back and read it. Read the words. Read what Paul was preaching to the to the to uh, probably to the scribe. But it came through as a powerful message. I'm not going to read all of it. I want to begin in verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead also shall quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall 
die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live through this whole year. Resolve to live after the Spirit so that you will be quickened, so that you will have that Spirit in you, so that if something should happen, um, where was it? A whole family died just, um, just yesterday. Uh, their van, um, hydroplane, I don't know how many it was, I can't remember, it was quite a few. It was seven, or six, six? There was six of them in that van. Hydroplane, and, and it went across, oh, there was seven. Six. Seven? How many? Oh, that was right, there was one, there was a baby that survived. There was a baby that survived. In an instant, the, the van, hydroplane, went across the road onto the other side, and a semi hit it and killed them all except for that baby. We don't know, brethren, from one day to the next. I had an experience myself uh, just recently that I was praying and, 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 and moving the car at the same time. Because <laughs> I, um, it was, um, I was going home and the, and the road, um, I didn't realize it, but there was a little bit of black ice on, the, on that uh, Keystone Bridge over the uh, Keystone River uh, and the Keystone uh, Lake. And the little car um, hit that ice. I went across the way, hit the snow on the other side. Thankfully, it was snow and not the, not the, not the bridge abutment. And that thing kicked me to the other side and turned me around, and I was going the, in the right direction, but the car stalled. So here I was, sitting in this car, trying to start it, knowing that there were also cars coming down that road just as fast as they could move. They were running, I mean, they were running 60, 70 miles an hour down that road, and here I was all stalled out. And the guy behind me came and he, he slid. He came up behind me and stopped and then went around me and sat there. Thankfully, the highway patrol came <laughs> with his lights blurring. And, you know, and he says, you guy, you need to get this off the road. I said, I know, I know, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm working at it. So you never know. You, you, you never know. So you live, you live every day. You pray that God will be with you and that He will take care of you. Verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they, shall, they are the sons of God. And that's the greatest thing to be to understand that we are God's sons. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Father, it is the, the closest relationship um, that we have because he says he's our Father. And Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father which art in heaven. Verse 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Brethren, I have a, a, a kind of a special presentation today. And, um, and, and even though it's a part of my sermon, um, I'm turning to um, 1 Timothy 
the um, third chapter, 1 Timothy 3. He says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. Now, I, um, <laughs> I will be, um, April of this year, I will have been a minister in this church for 20 years. It's hard to believe, but it's been 20 years. Uh, those 20 years have gone very, very quickly, and they have, uh, <laughs> and it seems like um, um, there's been so many things that have happened. I remember one of some of the first things that, uh, that, that happened to me was preaching funerals. They're not very, sometimes they're very difficult. You preach funerals and, and, and you know, you serve the, those that, are, that, that have the need in that area and you try to comfort them to the best that you can and you try to reach out to them and comfort them and, and, uh, um, and sometimes it's difficult and you pray that God will help you to, to know what to say and be able to give them the kind of uh, blessing that they need and, and to, to be comforted during that loss. We know about death, but some people don't. They don't understand, and they still grieve. And grieving is a process. Remember David, he, when, when somebody died, he ripped his clothes. He sat in the ashes. He, he prayed. He was, it was a, um, a part of their, their culture back then. Today we still grieve, but we don't, quite do, we don't go quite that far. I was very thankful for the first um, um, wedding that I did, Miriam reminded me that it was uh, Charles and Shannon, and I was very happy to, to do that, and they've been together for 15 years, 15 years. So I, I'm, I was very, very pleased that finally, <laughs> after some of the funerals, that I got a chance to also do a, do a wedding, and there's also a lot of joy in weddings. Weddings are, 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 are um, you know, there's just kind of joyous times to see a couple starting out in life and being able to, to live together. And, and, and when they make it for many, many years together, that's a, it's, a, it's a rejoicing. I've done some in the church and I've done some outside the church. I hope I can still do some outside the church. I, uh, uh, I don't know with all these new things uh, and the laws and stuff that are coming around, it just kind of worries me a little bit that if we, if we try to reach out uh, to others and outside the church that there might be problems, but we'll look into that. We'll think about that a little bit because uh, I even got a chance. To, I went, um, I've been to Oregon, I mean to Washington. I've been to Florida for, for weddings and I've been to Texas for weddings. So I've had a, a, a really a, a rounded opportunity to, to, to do weddings. And uh, some places they re, like Oklahoma, they require you have your name down in a book so you can write it down. Well, in Oregon, Florida, and Texas, they don't care. <laughs> well, not Oregon, but Washington, Texas, and Florida, they don't care. Now, uh, in, in Florida, they wanted to know that you were a minister. That's, I think that's all they really cared about. And in, um, in um, Texas, <laughs> I thought they were going to have this list of people, the witnesses. All they wanted was the, 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 the elder's name on the, on the license. I was, very, I was really shocked. Uh, it was very interesting to, to see the different places as you go to. So you, you, have a, you have a lot of opportunities to do things, and of course, anointings and stuff, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. A bishop then must be blameless, um, above reproach. Sometimes you read these, 
as a as an elder of 20, almost 20 years, and I go back and I read these, and I said, well, how many, I don't know if I really fit a lot of this stuff. I really, it's very difficult, and you read them, and you think, oh, what's God doing with me anyway? And so he said, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, uh, I try to stay sober, of good behavior, give it to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, nor greedy of filthy lucre, patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that rules well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. I remember, um, I want to relate this too, I wanted to relate this one last thing. Um, we were still in Church of God International when... Um, um, before I was ordained in Lawrence and, and um, but <laughs> what was interesting was that uh, uh, CGI actually wanted you to fill out this form and you know, they had this uh, all these questions that they wanted you to, to fill out and uh, so I, I diligently filled out my form I don't know if I ever handed it in to anybody I, because by the time that I had it finished and filled out um, Lawrence had already come back, and <laughs> we became an independent congregation, so it was a mute point. But it did help me to, to understand some of the questions that, that we did answer. Uh, I did answer were um, were poignant for for um, the ministry, and I I was um, grateful to have it and um, to, to been able to have, uh, put it together. And and um, it was. Um, an interesting um, exercise, even though we didn't get a chance to, uh, to, to stay in the Church of God International. I'm, and I'm kind of thankful that we've been able to, to have our own congregation and do the, our own um, uh, thing here, and it's been really good. He says, um, oh, and the other thing that I wanted to mention, <laughs> one of the, one of the uh, objections that they might have had, they didn't. It, since it didn't go through, it wasn't. It didn't work out very well. One of the objections was, "Well, this guy might have too many kids." <laughs> what does God tell us anyway? <laughs> I mean, if you can, it's wonderful. If, it's, if you can't, but that's also, I can understand in today's society, it might be very difficult to have nine children. Um, but I've been thankful that we've had, and, and we have a wonderful. Um, batch of children and, and grandchildren, and, uh, and I'm so very thankful. Um, he says, uh, if a man, if a, but for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, not a novice. Uh, I'm not sure about whether I fit that one or not when I was first ordained, because I, 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 it's taken me this many years to just figure out that I... Um, uh, it's been uh, a different. <laughs> Lest being lifted up in pride, he fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report from them which are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. And I, I know that um, uh, all of those points, um, and I feel very confident. And as the pastor of this church, it's my, it's my responsibility, and it falls on me, as it did on Lawrence, it falls on me to make decisions about the future, Listen, my father died when he was 77 years old. His father died when he was probably in his 60s. He, he, uh, my, um, my father's brothers all died in their 60s. Of course, they were heavy smokers, so that probably was 
was an indication that they weren't going to live very long. But we've had a, we've had a history of cancer in our, in our family. I'm hoping that God will bless me and keep me well. But you do realize that in 10 years I will be 78 in 10 years. And even after 20 years, and just barely over a, a year in this position as a pastor, I realize there's a lot that I am still learning and learn about people and character and different things. I learn about the trials and tribulations that might be coming upon the world, all of the difficulties that are, that are out there, all of the, the, the trials um, that people go through. Sometimes it's a burden that you have to take upon yourself. And you have to sometimes be very confidential about it because you need to be, you need to be confidential about those things. But also, we have, to be, we have to be protectors of the congregation, especially from those that are predators, those that, are, that come in to take advantage of your children or who through moral um, things um, or different things, even heresies and different things like that, we have to protect from those and we have to, uh, sometimes have to make hard decisions in our life. And we have to do those for the protection and for the, for the strengthening of the congregation. Brethren, I try very hard. And I try real hard to, to do what's right and to, to, to do what I believe that God has directed me to do. And for that reason, I've, all, I, I've, I, I've, um, I've opened the door to the, to the eldership for Mr. Matt Steele, and I'd like for him to come up, come up with me. And anyone else that would like to come, if uh, Brett would like to be with him, uh, his wife, uh, uh, if um, uh, any of the other men, I know uh, that David, Vascam, there's a, um, and if no one else, and we just, I just, um, I just love to, to uh, have him come before us. I know that Matt has done the work of an elder for a very long time now. And brethren, I've got to say this. I'm so very, very pleased with the, with the men that are in this congregation. I love, and I love the congregation. I love the men that are here and, and, um, and all that they are, that they do. And I love you women, too, because <laughs> you are all part of the congregation. And as, and as, and as, uh, as um, Curtis said, we all have a ministry. We all have something that we can contribute. But there's also a special ministry of setting aside that I have had to learn over the last 20 years that is, that is a part of what they call the eldership. And so at this time, I, this, this ordination uh, ceremony is short, but it's a lifetime of giving uh, to the congregation. And I want you to accept Matt as your elder, and um, as, as I'm asking God to accept him uh, and the, the responsibilities that he's going to take on. So let's pray. Let's ask God's blessing on him and his family. Father in heaven, as we come before you, we set Matt aside right now 
to the ministry. We ask that you be with him, Father, as he goes through all of the different things, uh, the healings, the, the, the visits that he may have to, uh, to go when he's in the, the hospital, uh, um, baptisms, um, laying on of hands with those children, which is a wonderful thing. He's already experienced and very touchingly experienced the death of his father and had to preach the, the part of that funeral. And it was, I know it was very strong, very difficult for him. And so I know that you've been with him, Father. You've strengthened him, you've guided him, and you've helped him. And also, Father, maybe he'll get also a chance to, to do a wedding uh, someday and just rejoice in that. And all the things that the elders get a chance to do, we just set him apart. We ask that you be with him and you guide him and lead him. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and we are his servants. And those that we ask to serve in this capacity, Father, are set aside with a, with a great burden to serve and to, to, to set aside our lives for service. And so now I just ask that you do that for Matt. I know he's been doing a lot of it, but he's, he's going to have more to do. And I just ask, Father, that you be with him and be with his family, his loving wife, his two boys, and just guide him and lead him and give him that strength that he needs to continue on now as an elder in the Tulsa Church of God. We do this through your son Jesus. He, you know, he set aside uh, 12 men and then he, uh, there was, uh, he, he sent them out to, to, uh, to preach and to heal and different things that he did. And, and they were sent out. And Father, we go out and we, we touch the lives of others. And we just ask that through Matt that you touch many lives and give them the strength that he needs in that particular area. We praise you. We honor you. We know and we set him apart through your son, Jesus Christ. We do this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, before you get off too far out of here, um, I want to present you with, it doesn't seem like much until after you use it a few times. <laughs> and it's, it's a little bottle of olive oil. Um, and, and that's a very important part of your of your ministry. Um, I was going to give you, I was, the, I'm going to be known as the late Pastor Stephen Andrews because I'm always late. So it, it's, um, it may be on my tombstone one day. And I was going to give you some anointing cloths and uh, a little envelopes, but they're in, the, in there if you need them. They're in our, the pastor study area. Um, this is a certificate of ordination, Matthew Steele. It's given evidence that God has called him into the gospel ministry. And that's part, another part of what we do. We preach the good news of the kingdom of God. When we are blessed also with many wonderful men here, but you are also called to do that as, long, as well as the other things that are put on your shoulder. Is ordained to preach the gospel as he may have opportunity and to exercise his gifts in the work of the ministry. So by the Tulsa Church of God, at the Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, on the 9th of January in 2016, I, and I signed it, Pastor Stephen Andrews, Matthew, congratulations. And, and uh, lots of work ahead for you. Yes, lots of work ahead.
And um, by the way, that's the end of my ministry, my preaching. <laughs>